Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And this week on the show, well, we're starting a little series, a little bit of a curriculum development series. As you dedicated listeners might know, we are obsessed with surfing fundamentals, the most basic skills that you need to be a proficient surfer. But what we're also realizing through our experience working with you guys is that you also need to develop your surf senses. And so this week, we're going to talk about the first of those senses, your vision. Okay. What do you say, shall we? Yeah. Here we go. Um, so this is, a, this is a really exciting episode for me, at least, because it's kind of coming to us as, as our own revelation in, in what we need to be teaching as coaches. And as a lot of you probably know, the fundamentals is like our bread and butter. That's where we're like, oh, you're an advanced student? Yeah, you need to improve your fundamentals. Right. Oh, you're a beginner? Obviously, work on your fundamentals. Fundamentals are the foundation of not only surfing, but our, our teaching. And it kind of applies to all surfers, we're realizing. Like, anybody can improve an aspect of their fundamentals, if not all of it. So, realizing that and been teaching that for all these years, we start... and. It's not that we neglected this, but now we're actually starting to cultivate it into a methodical process, into a, a pattern or a, a curriculum, and, and basically work it to go hand in hand with the physical fundamentals. Uh, and that's your senses, your surf senses. And it started with the idea that we were like, oh man, look at all these people who don't look around. Like, we need to talk about looking, like just as simple as the fact of looking and seeing. And like, like think about students who we have that would just turn for a wave and start paddling and not realize that somebody's catching the wave up the 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 way uh, up the line from them at the peak right and they're still just plowing into it and doing damn good to catch it and stay in time but have no clue that someone is already on that wave and surfing towards it. and it's like oh my gosh because they're not looking right we do we do talk about this all the time um but it's it's kind of like the the stuff that hasn't been broken down and, and classified and, and all that stuff, you know, like you were just talking about, this is more like the etiquette side of things, you know, that need to be developed and talked about a lot more, uh, you know, the senses that are developed most of the time by someone cluing you in that you need to be using them, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a lot of surfers are out there and they're, they're basically completely blind and and just they're not using their all-important senses to to do this really difficult thing you know surf Mm -hmm. try to spot waves and track them down and look out for all the hazards and and all that's going on out there you're gonna need you're gonna need all your senses on high alert right right and that is what will help you trigger the right fundamental skill at the right time 
Um, so your senses. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Woo. So, um, we kind of we we started going further into this between sessions in the van, just sitting there going like, oh, okay. So obviously, vision is one of them. Your eyes. What else? Like your voice. You know, and that that spurred an idea. This is before we actually realized like surf senses. We we're right. like, oh, your voice. You know, your hoot. How's your hoot? How's your like? Hey, which way are you going? Split the peak. You know, and and we were like, oh, there's another episode idea. Right. And then realizing like, oh my God, these are your senses. You know, this is your sensibilities in the lineup. So this after, new, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's all good. But like all these, the, the things we realize are your surf senses are your eyes, your ears, your voice, and your vibes. You know, feeling that sense, senses and like the general sense of the air, the aura in the lineup, the, the bad vibe, the energy yeah. is a big set coming or closing in spots that are breaking that don't normally break like the, the vibes of the people the vibes of the ocean uh well we'll get into that when we get to that episode of this series but this is the first episode of the th- series of surf senses and uh so let's get into it it's called open your fucking eyes <laughs> <laughs> i've been told that one or two times in my surfing life so i guess i get to say it every once in a while too totally and you know that's how we you learn in surfing up until Kootcast came along. Yeah. Some somebody just finally got so angered by you or inspired to say like, dude, you need to look. <laughs> well, I didn't see you come dropping it. You need to look. <laughs> use them. Use those peepers. Yeah, I saw you like looking in my direction, but it's obviously not adding up. It's not registering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it it does. It takes some developing. You know, it it's it's hard to even crane and and look over your shor- shoulder let alone actually do something as you as you do that you know like people are having a hard time just paddling in a straight line let alone you know doing a full-on like owl and craning their neck all the way back mm. and judging the wave so it's gonna you're gonna have to little by little build it up you know and and like like we always say like kind of start a little checklist of things to look at and and when when to check them off the list totally and uh and we got that list for you at least many of the things we could think of i'm sure there's others but before we do here's a good here's a good thought for you something that i've actually mm, used in my life as a as a coach as a as a guide to people as an instructor is i would i could judge their level i felt of surfing pretty accurately based on where they looked especially in moments of um, like significance, like right. turning to catch a wave or set wave coming or surfer outside of us catching wave coming towards us. Those moments, you know, really show a surfer's level and where they look. And I really especially like the takeoff one, like when you're turning for a wave and taking right, off, right, where right. is the surfer looking? And the beginner, you know, at the one end of the extreme is looking down. They're looking at their surfboard or the water passing the nose of their board as they go by. They're locked in. Mm-hmm. On one spot, one, one spot, spot horse and carriage in the park, you know, can barely see anything other than what's right here, their little tiny world. Whereas all the way up to an advanced server, and so the, the idea is to develop that vision to elevate, you know, like look up more and more, look down the line further and further away and start, you know, seeing things off in the distance before they surprise you. Right. Um, and then as far as an advanced surfer who is someone who can catch a wave 
and be riding it and reading the wave and also at the same time recognize like, oh, my buddy's on the beach walking over to that spot he likes to paddle out at. Or, you know, my buddy's taking off on this next wave or that guy I don't like got the second wave of the set and it's looking like it's a better one. Damn it. You know what I mean? Right. All these things are like going in your head because you're using your eyes in addition to reading the wave and surfing, but that's that level it can get to of just having this radar that's 360 degrees of awareness of like who's paddling out over here, coming from the inside to the out versus riding waves and, and your position in it all. Okay, so now the list. The list. Things to look at and when. Waves. I mean, number one, that, that was like I just said, like that's the way you could tell a good surfer from a not so experienced surfer is how they look at waves or if they even look at the wave at all. Right. That's kind of what we were thinking at the very base level. Like as soon as we get to the beach, we're like, let's get eyes on it, you know, because then it starts like your database for, for the day at hand, you know. And then, you know, a lot of a lot of surfers would maybe not even check it, you know, maybe just pull up, get all suited up, get all their stuff together, then walk down and like just walk right to the water's edge, not even really paying attention to anything that's going on yet in the lineup, you know, leash up, get out there, and then maybe that's the first the first time when they really start seeing waves. And doesn't that speak to exactly what we were just saying about the spectrum of the beginner to the advanced surfer, like where they look? Like you can roll up to the beach and not even look at the waves. Like imagine that. You're just like, oh, my board's on the roof. Let me get it down. Let me get my wetsuit on. And doing all these things to prepare to go surfing without ever having looked at the medium, at the at the place you're going to supposedly surf. Right. Um, and, and there it is, like starting right away as soon as you arrive is looking at the waves. What's, the, what's, what's happening out there? What are you working with? You know, looking at, ev- looking at everything, you know, the ocean conditions, the, the, the wind, the flags, you know, looking at the surfers out there, looking at any hazards that you might have to deal with, you know, rip currents and jetties and, and sandbars and, and all the stuff that's happening, mm-hmm. you know? And this is all like speaking to the beach perspective on it, you know? This is before you even paddle out. Right. Um, so yeah, waves, water movement, conditions, crowd, tide, hazard, landmark. I mean, this list is basically what we're gonna go over in detail, but also then from the, the water in addition, having those two perspectives, okay, from the beach, then paired up with what it's like from the water is an important duo like dual screen that you need to have in front of you and uh and dual perspectives yeah Yeah. and i think that really matters when you're out in the lineup because you get so zoomed in you get so focused on your little area once again speaking to like where are the walls for you you know are they right here around you or bigger having that lineup view having that image of the lineup before you paddles out helps you understand where you're at in that lineup once you are there like kind of like looking at a map of a city and then going to that city right you know and knowing in your head what that map looked like and like that street that you're on now is down here in the bottom right corner pointing up or something like that right and and gives you that spatial awareness of where you are in the world um you know talking about waves like okay so let's talk about when waves you know i i I think the biggest one the inspiration for this episode and how this all got fired off is because of how people look at waves or don't look at waves and the uh, the um, 
uh, I lost my train of thought because of that weird noise. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. Um, paddling for waves, you know, what are you looking at in waves? That's, that's something I feel that people don't even know what they should be looking for. So for me, the things that come to mind are proximity. How far is the wave from you? Yep. Okay, that you're, you're choosing to ride a wave, you're turning and starting to paddle. Once you turn around and start paddling, you need to keep track of how far that wave away is away from you so that you're not surprised as it starts to lift you up. Right. You know, and that's something I see all the time. People paddling for a wave, people paddling for the wave, and then suddenly it starts to lift and they're like, whoa, startled by it. Yeah. You know, it's like, Truly. You, you knew you were paddling for a wave. Like, how did you get so surprised right. only five seconds later after you decided to go for it? But that's what vision will help you with recognizing that the feeling of the wave lifting you is coming so get ready to do the next step you know and press up and set your rail anticipation the vision helps the anticipation okay so other things you're looking for in the wave the shape the shape down the line from peak to shoulder the shape on the face from trough to lip um you know those two things especially the face well no not especially both of them because you don't want to paddle for a closeout and so if you don't see any shape from peak to shoulder if it's just one horizontal line coming in and to to aid in the or to supplement that vision the the shape of the wave on the face is the same across the line you're dealing with a closeout that whole thing is breaking it's developing in the same rate and gonna break at the same time so that's you're looking for that versus the the ideal scenario of a wave peaking up with a tapering line coming from that peak. Now there's a good vision to have. Yeah. You know, how about depending upon how advanced you are, the vision or the shape of the face and what excites you is going to be different, but as a beginner, you want a slopey face. Look for something that is not ominous and getting all dark and lip cresting getting ready to pitch through the air you know, versus a more slopey, lit up face. You know, a slopier face kind of faces the sun more. It's more lit up. It doesn't Mm. get so dark. It doesn't get so ominous looking. Um, You know, and again, we're just putting words to what we've seen a million times in our life. This is something that the listener is going to have to go do. Like, look at these waves, and before you know which is which, you know, paddle for the wrong one, get pitched, you know, not catch it is too much. All these things have to happen to you but you also have to look so that when the situation you're dealing with happens to you, there's a vision paired with it so that you can refer back to that in the future. Right. And build that archive of what things look like before they happen. And, and then you really start to become that intuitive rate wave reader. The, the one who's like, what we want to see is like you looking and then reacting to it. Mm. You know, that's how we can tell if you're looking or not. Mm. There's a lot of people who are basically like, pretending to look they they shoot a glance over to their right side but it's so fast you know that they couldn't possibly really take in that there was there was two people paddling up over there um you know where the peak is shifting all all that stuff that's going on i mean we're seeing people do these quick little glances and then get right back to oh yeah what am i doing again i'm just paddling for this wave whereas it's it's actually more important to focus on what the wave is actually doing so that you know again what what are you doing right, right. are are you holding up and waiting for that wave that's already developed quite a bit more than the last time you saw it are you really putting on the gas because this next time you looked at that wave it's almost laying down even more or it's looking like it has that little speed bump in front of it that you have to get in f- stay in front of mm-hmm. you know it, all all that type of things that it's basically it's 
it's kind of like tracking down a fly ball. I mm. always say, like, I you, love that analogy. You yeah. gotta keep your eye on it. If if you take your eye off it for one second, when you come back, it's like a whole nother, two totally different picture. Just b- with one blink, right? You know, so that's really what I try to do is almost like, as I'm setting up the wave, I'm making sure I'm clearing who who's ever inside of me or closest to the peak and that I'm not dropping in on anybody. I clear that, check it off my list, you know, and now I'm really starting to to check out the wave and only look at the wave and try mm-hmm. not to take my eyes off of it. You know, try not to ever do that one little second glance down at my nose. If if you're a little too far forward, you already know it, you know, you, you can, can feel, feel it. it. Yeah. yeah. So so anyways, I'm really trying to keep my head up and really be looking as far down the line and at the at the actual face of the wave, you know, that's developing. I love that analogy, the, the tracking the fly ball, because that's such an accurate, you know, um, way of describing it. It's it kind because of, it can give you an illusion, you know, like a ball falling from the sky can seem like it's going one way. But it's it's and if you watch the evolution of it, it makes sense. But if you don't see the evolution of how it's like tracking, you 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 get out of you get out of step, you know. And it's the same with a wave. If you're not keeping an eye on it, if you're not tracking it as it develops more or 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 speeds up, whatever it may do and change, you're not adjusting. You're not changing your angle. You're not changing your pace. And so you're either gonna miss the wave or get pitched. You know, it's gonna be one extreme or the other most times. Yeah. At the very least, it's gonna be clumsy. But when it's all expected, when it's all understood and you set yourself up just right so that when it reaches you, you're at the angle you want to be going at. You're at the, the pace you want to be going at. You're at the position you want to be at, like relative to the inside versus outside. And all of those things are just right. So right then and there, the way it's lifting you and you've done all the things you think you need to do, you at the very least have the best shot of making it that way. At least it's done with intention, even if you're wrong about it. Right, right. It, it allows you to dictate your pace, you know, like, but only if you're really paying attention to the wave. Mm-hmm. That's what gives you the clues to, to speed up, slow down, work your way deeper to the peak, work your way over to the shoulder. It, it can only be done if you're just, you know, tr- transfixed on the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so like another item on the list was water movement. <clears throat> and I really like that one because that's another way you can distinguish yourself as a surfer is be prepared for the way the water is moving you know maybe you start your paddle out upstream maybe you um, are prepared to be paddling out I mean paddling over and holding position the whole time as you paddle out maybe when you paddle back out to the peak after a wave you don't paddle to the peak directly but you paddle a little up current so that by the time you get outside the currents taking you over too out and around, um, all yeah. these, you know, just knowing that the water's moving a certain way will help you determine which directions you paddle when you're actually in that water. And in many cases, you can use that water movement to help you get where you're trying to go. Totally, you, like being beach break surfers and, and surfing heavy beach breaks, you've got to be able to figure out where where that little riptide is and where those little swirls are, because that's basically your only way your only way out. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not right through the center of the impact zone, right? Because you'll be getting blown up every single time. But if if you're if you're studying the ocean and you're seeing, you know, you're you're watching other surfers paddle out, you're watching the movement of the water, then then you have a real huge leg up. I love that 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 thing. We did it recently, an episode on just 
you know, um, holding position, I think, or maybe it was creating space and it was a category in it. But I know we've talked about this before and it's a really great way of being a better surfer is just understanding that the water's moving, figuring out which way it's moving, and then keeping yourself in position despite that condition. Um, well, another way that I really uh, pay attention to water movement and, and use my vision to do so is watch other surfers paddle out, and you said it in that recent episode. The person who's setting up in front of you to go paddle out, let them paddle out and give them a minute or two. Watch how, which way they drift. You know, watch if they get sucked over, sucked out. It all really can help you make a, a you know, update your plan on what you're going to do when you paddle out. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Conditions, is that like, <laughs> go without saying, but like, you know, just noticing the winds onshore, you know, like conditions can tell you a lot about what's going on and what's the other thing is doing. How the ocean looks tells you about the wind and vice versa. Um, man, that's that's a deep one. That's almost like a black hole. We've got to be careful not to jump into. Conditions, yeah. Yeah, conditions. It's so complex. Um, ripping offshore, side shore, all, you know, all the different directions of wind and directions all the... and intensities of them. You know, there's it's totally manageable. Onshore light wind is different than a honking onshore wind uh, both are onshore considered poor directions but one of them is totally doable if not preferred right. because it keeps the other condition down which is crowd yeah <laughs> if you didn't listen to that episode you totally should i love that one uh tide i love the tide i think the tide is such a beautiful thing because it's so mysterious to me i'm one of the people who doesn't like get too like committed to what the tide's going to do to the surf yeah i'm more i i take the stance of more of an observer you know like i like to think like i just like to know what the tide is doing right and and pay attention to how it changes the ocean but rarely am i making claims like oh low tide oh high tide is the time you know because it's so dynamic it's not high or low it's three feet high or 0.2 feet negative low or 0.2 feet negative high you know, one low tide can be higher than another high tide at some point in the cycle of, of the tide. So it's it's really important to like um, to first, I guess, understand that the tide is that dynamic and then notice it at your beach. See how barren the rocks get on a certain low tide, how high up the water comes on a high tide and how maybe subtle it is in a different tide and a different moon phase and how it all is correlated. But I, I don't know. The tide is just a beautiful thing to me, you know, and. Sometimes it almost startles, like, not startles, but shocks me. You know, you come down and you're like, whoa, like, look how low the tide is. That's, I always notice when people say that. Yes, You know, like, whoa, the tide's low, (laughs) you know, and it's like, because all the rocks are showing or something. Um, What a a beautiful thing to look at. But that helps you see other things about your your break and the, the bathymetry that you surf above when it's a higher tide. And most places do. They just change so, the, the behavior of the wave and and the energy of the wave does change so much with with a tide you know with a whole tide swing Mm -hmm. you know and there's so much in between and it it is kind of a fun little game to just see how it morphs and changes throughout the day um it's it's cool to kind of just get a little bit nerdy on that stuff and 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 pay attention to it start a little stinkers uh wave journal of your of your surf trip of your you know of your summer surf program and try to try to jot down you know what when when you caught good ways where you feel like you totally got skunked you know just starting to write some things down and and create a database find the patterns i guess that kind of leads nicely into the next thing we put on our list which is hazards you know low tide can kind of expose some hazards out there 
Um, and that's actually kind of, it's reminded me just of this morning. Someone pulled me aside this morning walking down to the water. He was like, hey, you, come over here. And I was like, oh boy, one of the heavies want to talk to me. What does this mean? Right. <laughs> and luckily it was like, it was all good stuff. He was just like, dude, I saw a pretty gnarly rebar sticking out of a rock, like concrete block over there, this part of the beach, go check it. And he saw it at low tide and let me know. And it just, the low tide exposed a hazard that he saw and notified me of and had me put on alert, you know, and now we're looking out for that. Now that's like, okay, that's something of note. You know, we're always surfing in a way that kind of is conscientious of hazards, but even better to know exactly where those hazards may be. <sighs> it kind of reminds me like talking about the tide and what of what it exposes like at La Miss when it's super super low tide, you can kind of see the 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 sandbars. Like mm -hmm. you can see how there's a pattern up and down the beach where it's like you know, these little pinnacles of of sand sticking out, mm -hmm. you know, and then it just it just kind of confirms why the why the water does what it does you know once that's all filled in and covered and you're wondering why there's always that like little riptide right in front of the house mm -hmm. you know it's just because that's the natural spinning of of the swells create this kind of like horseshoe one after another after another down the beach you mm -hmm. know and you only see that stuff when it's completely drained out tide mm -hmm. um so next item on the list is landmarks. That kind of goes hand in hand with the, uh... oh, we didn't talk about that yet, never mind. So landmarks, oh yes, we did, water movement. We were talking about like knowing where you're at in the water. Um, and something I like to do before I paddle out is kind of take a, take a turn right at the water's edge and look at what I'm paddling out in front of. Right. And that's like, especially if you can get a range marker so it's not just a range marker works by lining up two objects of different distances apart mm. and as they because it's easy to be in front of something and then move 20 feet over especially if that landmark is far away and still feel like you're in front of it right, right. so you can get a little more accurate about your positioning if you use something behind what you're looking at so say you know that chimney of the house and that flagpole when they're lined up that's in front of it right when they're off kilter up their skew they're not lined up you're not in your your position so landmarks especially two lined up one in front of the other is, is a really accurate way of keeping track of your position um, but again using your eyes using your vision to be a better surfer to be aware of where you are in the ocean and where you're paddling out and where you're trying to hold position or or be off of I mean you got to start somewhere it might not be the ultimate spot you hold position in front of right. but it's the start and that's like that's a super advanced part of being is using those lineups and and actually knowing how to line up exactly where you should be on on a reef you know and and only super committed dedicated surfers have that type of intimate knowledge and it, again it has to start somewhere so start doing it at your local beach um and just like kind of testing yourself holding yourself to it and and figuring out where you're at on on the beach and and i i like to do it like on a beach break where you're searching for a search and searching for a peak and then you finally you know you're constantly looking back at the beach what house am i in front of type of situation and ideally you check right before you catch it like a decent wave mm. and then you're like boom it's in the it's in the memory bank like i gotta go back there that's right. my little honey hole 
and you and you get into this nice little rhythm. Sometimes if I lose, like if I don't get that landmark before I catch the wave or it kind of comes up all of a sudden and I get the wave, I'll retrace my steps up the line of the wave, like with the whitewater line. Right. You know, that the wave created by breaking, I'll follow that triangle, try to at least, yeah. back up to that peak and then get my landmark and be like, okay, where am I? I like you that. You know, and, and try to back, back, uh, track and, and, and figure out where I'm at. Uh, I, I'm surprised we put this so far down the list. I guess this is not a, in order of importance because all of these things you need to be looking at, but people like crowd people kind of a thing. Right. And I remember like, it was my dad, I guess when I was young learning to cross the street and looking both ways, he like, he, he specified that you're not just looking for cars. Like you don't just look both ways for cars, but you're looking at the driver of the car. Look at their face, like make eye contact mm. with the person operating that vehicle and look at their eyes. Because even if you're on the sidewalk, if they're looking down at their phone, you know, or they're just like looking off or like they just, you don't have eye contact, then that's, that's okay. That's then a red run. flag. <laughs> run. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll, I remember that very distinctly. That's like something I always do. And I even do it driving when I'm in my own car. Yeah. Like I make eye contact or try to with the driver on the other side of the road passing me by, mm-hmm. you know, and just see, are they paying attention? Are they look, are they going to come swerving over my lane? Basically always on high alert for someone not paying attention. And I feel like that carries over really well to the ocean and being on a surfboard and other people's surfboards. Like when someone's taking off on a wave, look at their face. Yeah. Where are they looking? Are they looking down at their board? Are they like eyes cl- like squeezed shut and putting all their might into paddling? Or are they like head up, looking around, catch your eye real quick, you know, catch this other person and, and then you can be a much more comfortable and confident because usually the person who's able to look around is also pretty confident in their fundamental skills. Right. Um, you know, not to go betting your life on it or anything like that, but there is a, a clear distinction between where better surfers look and how they look while they're looking around and a beginner surfer. Um, so, yeah, this is this is obviously one of the foundation foundational points of this whole episode is is the problem with our students not not clearing and looking and making sure they're not dropping in on somebody's yeah, wave. Too. Yeah, on the opposite side of the the situation being yeah. the surfer paddling for the wave so i mean that that's that paired up with just looking at the wave and how it's developing then looking at i mean basically all these places that we're in the in the ocean we're usually not alone so it's super important to to be looking at the other surfers and and like coach was talking about like just take taking it in and, and making a little checklist of who's using their senses and, and who's not, who's out there blind, driving around, you know, with, with the blinders on or, you know, who can be kind of trusted, like Coach was saying, kind yeah. of. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I like, again, going back to the driving thing, I, I tell people, like, surf like you're driving. Like, don't trust anybody. drive defensively like everybody is like this far away from making the biggest mistake ever and you need to be ready to to make up for their mistake right like when somebody cuts you off on the road do you continue to accelerate and hit them or do you hit the brakes so you don't get in a car accident like you hit the brakes yeah it's their fault but you don't get in a car crash over it same thing with surfing like if somebody makes a mistake and is going to cause a crash don't crash into them you know, stop, like act like you're driving a car and it's a big deal to crash because it is. 
and you need to see these things happening with your eyes and you can another clue about these things happening in advance is if other people are using their eyes right um i mean we see it all the time we we see near misses happen and then both parties don't even really know what what happened i mean there it's it really is like a lot of a lot of us surfers are out there surfing completely blind and and not you know things are going down that we're that aren't even registering we're not we're not going over and talking to that other surfer that and and learning from these near misses because we're not even seeing them right you know? that's that's actually terrifying isn't it that you don't even know what happened or how it came to be that you're sort of tangled up or near or almost had an a did I just almost have an accident like right. all of a sudden there's a person popping up next to me and our boards are bumping rails you know it's like whoa what just happened way too close way too close um, and and it, it also makes me think of a kind of thing like where somebody like has a near miss sort of like this maybe if they're riding and someone's paddling and they come back out and that's obviously going to be number one talking point like what what were you doing what did you do why didn't you turn why didn't you dismount why didn't you react to what you saw in front of you and they and the answer is is sometimes oh they came out of nowhere why would that be they didn't come out of nowhere we know that for <laughs> fact people exist yep. you know they they they're not just popping out of the thin air and on a surfboard in your way they were there the whole time and it's because you must have been looking straight down or very near yourself because that person was always there and you were heading towards them and you could have seen it for seconds in advance and so there's a really like big clue there that you're not looking around if people pop out of nowhere right if that keeps happening whoa where'd you come from ho where'd you come surfers from? surfers just flying out of thin air <laughs> Uh, the beach, yeah, I mean, this kind of makes me think of the tide, but one thing that we deal with a lot here is like the sand movement. You know, east swells really strip the beach of sand and who knows where it goes, somewhere else, but takes it off of one of the beaches we're at a lot and just rips it away and exposes all the rocks that's underneath. And it really gives you a view of like what's under all that sand. And then comes south swell season and all these wind swells and the sand comes back and builds the beach back up. But again, another beautiful evolution to watch and pay attention to, not just on a day-to-day -day basis, but a year-to-year -year basis. And it's, it's one of those things where every year, every spring coming up to summer, people are like, oh my God, there's no beach. There's no beach, like it's gonna be an awful summer. And I'm always like, don't worry, it's gonna come back. South swells are coming. And sure enough, the south swells come and replenish the beach. Yeah. Not on a date, it's not always May 21st or Memorial Day weekend. Right. Sometimes we have a, a very barren, rocky beach in June but the sand does come back. All those south wind swells start building it back up and guess what, we get our sand back. Little by little. And, uh, and I know that because I've been watching that beach change every year and the same thing happens every year. Um, oh, you know, I like you said this one, Coach, uh, indicators, indications like of, of like swell, you know, like certain surf spots are different, like depths, different bathymetry, so they react to different swells. You know, and some breaks don't even break, even on a really big wind swell, it's just not enough energy. It's not enough deep interval to, to make that spot break. So if you start seeing waves feather or cap at that spot, it's like, oh, okay, we're dealing with some energy today. Right. Um, kind of a thing like that. And there's a million of those things, just waves lapping up against a certain part of the beach, like, oh wow, tide's really high, or waves must be really big. Hitting a certain part or breaking over a certain bulkhead, you know, all these, 
indicators of how much energy is in the ocean you can take notice to and, and realize like, oh, the water line's never that high or the waves never crash up there against that. Kind of kind of love that when you have, I mean, there's there's places like even like Doheny or something, they have this, this little wave that's called indicators, you know, like it breaks outside of you, you know, and that, that lets you know there's a full on set coming, you mm. know, so there's, there's, there's little things like that happening, um, that you really should be taking, taking notice of because it can make your life a lot easier if, if those peepers are open and you're, you're taking it all in. Yeah. So I guess last on the list, I'm just starting to notice a little pool party starting to happen. So we better uh, ah. wrap this thing up before things start getting rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, just looking at flags, I just like that one because you can, you know, kind of be on your surf game driving through town or, you know, coming back home from a, a trip where you had to miss half the day. And if you getting back into town and notice, oh, flags pointing offshore, like, let's go check the beach out. Yep. Kind of a thing like that. Um, anyway, the, the, whole ep- the whole point of this episode is just because it, it, it became very apparent to us in our trying to teach the fundamentals that we have to help people develop and, and recognize that they need to be looking around. And obviously that's not a complete list of everything you need to look at, but it's a, it's a good starting point. Right. Use these things, look at these things, um, you know, take it all in, get this information because it feels better when you're out there surfing and you, you know what the lineup looked like before you paddle out, you know what the crowd looked like and where it was clumping up over here and totally spaced out over here for some reason. Maybe it's cause there's a water movement tide thing happening and pulling people down the beach and those people aren't paying attention to their position. So they get pulled down the beach and clumped up. Whereas the surfers who know how to hold position are there few and the few of them are, are in their little zone holding position and, and very, you know, not dealing with a crowd situation. Um, there's just so much to gain from really lifting your gaze and opening your eyes. Like, I know you're looking, but see, you know, see these things and, and take it in and factor it into your plan for the, the session. We're always talking about like paddling, you know, this is a really good way to make your paddling better is just pick your head up and yeah. really look around, you know, while, just while you're paddling out, you know, and start to just start soaking it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Checking your little, checking your little forecast, you know, knowing what the tide's doing, knowing what what the wind direction is is forecasted for, what what angle the swell is, and then get your eyes on it and and compare and contrast the two things. Start your little surfing journal, you know, and and really, you know, get into it. There's a lot to be learned, and it's it's basically it's it's way more empowering. That's why we're trying to trying to pass this on when you really start looking and and seeing how much information is out there then it's it's a lot less of oh shit how'd you get there going on you know (laughs) and how did i get here you know how did i get here washed up on the jetty (laughs) (laughs) right on great one coach i'm gonna love this series you check you soon